foreverreporter.com. And from listener donations at wjffradio.org. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Neversink General Store, featuring an award-winning chef, smoked barbecue year-round, local products and catering. Now offering takeout. NeversinkGeneralStore.com. And from listeners like you. Today on the Janice Adams Show, we pay tribute to Dr. King's vision, courage, gift of hope, and leadership through the struggle with this performance of The Dream by composer and drummer Max Roach. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its dream. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Kabul fighting with government forces is reported about seven miles away. President Ashraf Ghani has released a brief pre-recorded national address interpreted here by the BBC. Though I know you are worried about your current situation and your future, I assure you that as your president, my focus is on preventing the expansion of instability, violence and the displacement of my people. As part of a historical mission, I will do my best to stop this imposed conflict on the Afghan people, resulting in the further killing of innocent people. The Taliban have captured most of the north, west, and south of Afghanistan three weeks before the last U.S. troops are supposed to pull out. But this weekend, more U.S. forces are arriving to help evacuate embassy personnel and other civilians. It's another day of triple-digit temperatures in portions of the Pacific Northwest. Brian Bull of member station KLCC reports it's one of many challenges fire crews are battling this weekend. Part of hazardous air quality blankets the region, and some forecasts show possible thunderstorms, which can create new lightning-caused wildfires. That's what caused a dozen fires outside of Oak Ridge, Oregon, which is collectively called the Middle Fork Complex. On the south side of the complex, Public Information Officer Lauren DeRusher explains how controlled burns have helped limit its spread. Firefighters are using the fire to burn out the vegetation between our holding line and the coming fire. It means that when the fire does come, there's less vegetation for the fire to burn. Oregon forestry officials say more than half a million acres have burned so far this year. For NPR News, I'm Brian Bull near Oak Ridge, Oregon. Many hospitals across parts of the southeast are nearing capacity as the number of coronavirus cases continues to rise. Blake Farmer of member station WPLN reports the highly contagious Delta variant is still driving up infections where vaccination rates are still lagging. In Nashville, Vanderbilt University Medical Center declared itself completely full on Friday, meaning they are turning away many transfers, often from out of state. Methodist Labonner in Memphis, which serves residents of Arkansas, Mississippi, and Tennessee, had just three ICU beds open with no sign that hospitalizations will slow down. Dr. Shalesh Patel says vaccinations are the key. If we do not take action now, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. We're not going to have... uh... the the ability to care for people. Patel says at his hospital, 96% of COVID-19 deaths since June 1st have been among those who weren't vaccinated. For NPR News, I'm Blake Farmer in Nashville. The CDC is now officially recommending people with vulnerable immune systems get a booster shot. This is NPR. This is Radio Catskill. I'm Liam Mayo from The River Reporter. Governor Wolf announced last Tuesday, August 10, that Pennsylvania Commonwealth employees in state health care facilities and high-risk congregate care facilities will be required to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 by September 7, 2021, or face weekly COVID testing. He also announced incentives for other state employees to be vaccinated. Starting on October 1, all vaccinated state employees under the governor's jurisdiction are eligible for an additional 7.5 or 8 hours paid time off. Governor Wolf said, quote, vaccines are free, available, and effective. I encourage every eligible Pennsylvanian who hasn't gotten vaccinated to sign up today, unquote. With record high temperatures and heat watches and warnings existing across Pennsylvania, 
the Pike County Area Agency on Aging has issued a heat advisory for older adults. The agency is encouraging older adults who do not have access to adequate cooling systems, fans, or access to a cooling center to call the AAA office at 570-775-5550. That's 570-775-5550, or to visit their local senior center. And the Pike County Commissioners made a motion to recognize August 8 through 14 as National Health Center Week in a recent meeting. Health centers are a network of clinics staffed by groups of nurses and general practitioners. The area's local health center, Wayne Memorial Community Health Center, has served area residents since 2007 from locations in Wayne and Pike counties. This news roundup is produced in partnership with The River Reporter. I'm Liam Mayo. Today on The Janice Adams Show, we pay tribute to Dr. King's vision, courage, gift of hope, and leadership through the struggle with this performance of The Dream by composer and drummer Max Roach. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. said Max Roach, and the drum set is one of the few instruments native to this country. This is a democratic nation, and jazz is a democratic music in which we all express ourselves as individuals and cooperate for the overall good. That's good enough for the bandstand, and it is good good enough for the world. In music, you can make a dream come to life as a reality of design and feeling. Democracy is a dream of being able to do it better someday. I have never stopped dreaming. Max Roach, legendary drummer, composer, pioneer of jazz, MacArthur Genius Award winner, educator. Max was also my husband. On this birthday tribute to the man, his music, and his legacy, we're featuring his masterwork, We Insist, The Freedom Now Suite. Here's the opening track, Drive a Man. Drive a man, he made a life, but the mammy ain't his wife. Chopping cotton, don't be slow. Better finish out your road. Keep a moving with that plow. Drive a man will show you how. Get to work and root that stump. Drive a man will make you jump. Better make your hammer ring. Drive a man or start to swing Ain't but two things on my mind Drive a man and quit in time That 
was Drive a Man from the Freedom Now Suite by Max Roach. In the late 1950s, inspired by the upcoming centennial of the Emancipation Proclamation, Max is a composer and his collaborator, Oscar Brown Jr. as lyricist, created what would become the Freedom Now Suite. With us on the show to talk about Max and the Suite, two longtime friends, Brother Ah, Robert Northern, a master French hornist, he first met Max in the 1950s when they both attended conservatory at the Manhattan School of Music. And George Ferrance, venerated stage director known for his work at La Mama and seminal stagings of the plays of Amiri Baraka, Sam Shepard, and others. In 1993, George worked with Max to bring the Freedom Now suite from the concert hall to the theater stage. Here's George. I was directing a play by Amiri Baraka, and he had a party. And at the party, it was a lot of people. And I sat down, it was one of those where uh, his wife, Amina, had this amazing amount of food and everything else, but you had the plate on your lap, okay? Yes. And I was sitting next to this gentleman who was older and very, wore expensive clothes and suits, and oh my goodness, he looked like a politician. And uh, <laughs> but we started talking, and, and uh, we got along in the talking without even knowing each other's names. So at one point, after we had finished eating and we'd reach a point where uh, we could continue the conversation or move on, and I said, well, my name is George Ferentz, and I'm a stage director. And he says, well, I'm Max Roach, and I play drums. And I, here I was talking to Max Roach. <laughs> And so, so anyway, Max and I agreed to meet again and work together on a project. And then he disappeared. And then finally, I got word, and I'm not sure how this happened, that I was to meet Max at his agent's office. And so I went up there and uh, met Max, but it was, seemed like it was a very official type of meeting. And during our conversation at Amiri's, it was just friendly talk. It was, he was talking about Duke Ellington and how theatrical he was and this and that. But now it was more like, what are you calling about? What are you talking about? So I told him it was three plays by Sam Shepard that we'd call Shepard Sets, and he'd be the musical director, composer, everything. He'd be responsible for working with me in rehearsals, being available for publicity, blah, 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 blah. And he said, well, tell me more about Sam Shepard. And so I said, well, he's the playwright of the moment right now. And uh, he was a drummer. And Alan Stewart at La Mama has a special relationship with him, and et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and he used to drum and get himself all sweaty and then write a play. So Matt, this intrigued Max, so he said, I'm interested. And at that time, uh, I was I had come from the Midwest, a very... Uh, Oh, it was a orthodox kind of theater that was being done. And Max, um, he'd come to rehearsal, and uh, even before we started rehearsals, we were going to be rehearsing three shows at the same time, and uh, the producers had decided they'd provide Max with the musicians for the rehearsals from 10 to 4 every day. And this was an opportunity I've never had before. But Max would make things improvisational because he believed that was the key to the secret to art was based on improvisation. And he encouraged uh, the designers and myself not to pre-plan things, but just to come in with all we had, the research we had done and everything else somewhere in our being and to sit on the table and <laughs> and uh, and see see what, what the impulse of the act treat the actors like musicians. Well, I had never heard anything like this before. And we did it, and we ran up there, and the show ended up doing very well. And Max won the Obie Award. And then that started a whole relationship. Here you are talking about your work with Sam Shepard that you then worked with Max on as well, your work with Amiri Baraka, two of the giants of, you know, late 20th century American theater. Um what made you decide that you would take the shift, even though, yes, you 
worked with Max before, but take the shift to away from the strictly theatrical into taking working with him on musical experiences that had a theatrical bent but didn't begin with the core of theater. What made you decide you wanted to do that? Sure, I don't know. Um, but uh, the fact that there was a risk involved only made it more attractive. Um, but I didn't see it as that big of a change also. Max somehow wanted to be more theatrical, where the fact that rock and roll groups could invest uh, so so much effort into one of their things that they could fill a stadium. And he wanted, I know when we had a long talk about this in Perugia, what he wanted, though, was with live people, not with all the gimmickry, but with live people. So we had the bassists, we had dancers, we had all these people that Max brought over. And then, like a whole orchestra, and so so he wanted the size of it, the sense and, of spectacle. Uh, yeah, he was very interested in spectacle, and so was I. Interestingly, Max, when he decided he was going to write a memoir, which he never really got to finish, but the first version of it that he was going to write himself, he called "Jazz is a four-letter word." That was the title. And he did not particularly like the word jazz because of the negativity as he'd grown up. He looked at it as music. He looked at it as music from the wealth of the African-American experience or the black experience, as it would have been said at that particular period of time. And there was a lot of talk at that point about this being America's classical music. It's being indigenous and it's being the real, the real American music being African-American music and, quote, jazz being America's classical form. And in fact, I remember being with musicians in Europe who echoed that. It was only here that the music wasn't given that level of respect. So when you talk about this kind of staging with the people in formal clothes and the theatricality of it, um, make giving it the gravitas that Max really long saw in his head as to how the music should be not seen in European terms, but seen in his terms, whatever that was, and that he should have the freedom to make those terms whatever he chose for it to be. So I'm finding that the description that you're giving an interesting manifestation, essentially, of these conversations that we had had. Were there similar conversations about that kind of thing that you had with Max? No, we worked together on, I'd say, roughly about 16 or 17 shows together, one way or the other. And, um, and so a lot of stuff came out, but I can't remember any specific thing. Um, I mean, I could talk about Max all night, but I don't remember anything that wasn't pertaining to the show right at hand. It was very practical about that, and I had to be. Because I didn't know very much about jazz. I still don't know that much, but I learned a lot by the people he introduced me to and the way he worked, and he changed the way I worked. How so? Well, this whole thing of change, you know, treating actors like musicians and the power of improvisation. Yeah, he was an artist, and he was a real one. And I was very lucky and very fortunate to uh, be in Max, what I call Max World. Freedom Day by Max Roach. On the Janice Adams Show, a birthday tribute to Max and his masterwork, we insist the Freedom Now Suite. More after the break. Can't conceive it, can't believe it, but that's what they say. Slave no longer, slave no longer, this is freedom. 
Freedom Day, Freedom Day, it's Freedom Day. Throw those shackling chains away. On Being, storyteller and humorist Kevin Kling on the laughter and losses we grow into. A loss is a loss, whether it's a, a, a heart, a limb, a promise, a person. I'm Krista Tippett. Join us. Hi, my name's Naomi Tepich. What is it that you love about Radio Catskill? Well, I'm a jazz fan, so I like to listen to the different jazz programs. I listen to the news every day from 3 to 5. Travel with Rick Steves is one of my favorite programs because since I haven't been able to travel, I can fantasize, and I just really like that a lot. Go to WJFFradio.org and give what you can. Help end our summer fun drive. We're back here on The Janice Adams Show with a birthday tribute to Max Roach, legendary drummer, composer, jazz pioneer, MacArthur Genius Award winner and educator. Max was also my husband. Born in North Carolina in 1924, Max was a son of the great migration of African Americans from the unreconstructed oppression of the Jim Crow South to the hope of a better life in the North. En route, they changed a nation. With their culture, that steady beat of history and heart, they changed the world. It was that steady beat with which Max kept time and faith. As an activist, honored the world over for his human rights stand. In 2014, for what would have been his 90th year, the Library of Congress celebrated its acquisition of his papers for their collection. Here's Max, as guest of the library two decades earlier, telling the story of his earliest days as a musician. I'd met people. I worked with Duke Ellington when I was 17, and from that point on, I was just a lucky so-and-so, so to speak. Because when you're a kid and you work with the mighty, with the mighty ones like Duke and people like that, I had an opportunity. I was, even though I still didn't know what was going on and what I was doing in a way, I must have known something though. But in any case, uh, after that, I was just a Quote a star, 17-year-old kid working in New York Paramount with great Duke Ellington's band because Sonny Greer had gotten sick and it was during 
the war and uh, Big Sidney Catlett and Kenny Clark and all these folks were in the army, so I had to get because I could read music. And the funny story about that is that uh, when I got called for that, that job, I was working in a place owned by Billy Holiday's brother-in-law, Clark Monroe. She was married to Jimmy Monroe at that time. I didn't know them then. Then this is all after the fact. Now I'm writing my autobiography. I'm seeing, oh well, yeah, really, that, these are important people. But when I got down to the New York Paramount and looked at that stage, which was down below the audience and rose up like this when the show started. Uh, and looked around me on it, uh, 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 there was the Johnny Hodges and Ben Webster and all these people, and here's the little boy up there with them. But when Mr. Ellington finally loaded up the bandstand and came on the stage, and the bandstand rose up to the audience, the drummer was at the, the pinnacle. It was the top, you know, Duke had a way of designing even the bandstand. And so, uh, I was a kid, as I said earlier, who had a reputation that could read a show. You know, it was vaudeville in those days. And uh, when I hit the bandstand and looked around at Mr. Greer's drums kit, he had timpani, vibraphones, bells, chimes, and Duke had wrote for everything, but not a sheet of music was in sight. I turned white. <laughs> So when Mr. Ellington came to the stage, when he finally, after everybody loads up on the stage down here, and he came up and he looked up at this young guy on the stage, he, he, he summed it up just perfectly. He said, keep one eye on me and one eye on the act. He was the greatest conductor I've ever worked under. You know, he, I just made it through that. But then the reputation came out that there was a kid downtown who worked with Mr. Ellington, and from then on, I worked with the Benny Carters, the Coleman Hawkins, the Dizzy Gillespie's, the Charlie Parkers, the Miles Davises, the Roy Eldridge's, the Coleman, just everybody. I've had it made. So here I am. <laughs> Drum solo by Max Roach. Among Max's oldest friends, Brother R. Robert Northern is host of WPFW, Pacifica's long-running jazz show, The Collectors, and a master musician. I met Max Roach as a student. We were both uh, studying at the Manhattan School of Music uh, back in the 50s, and uh, it was a, quite an experience because I was there as a, as a French horn player, and he was there as a drummer, but back in the 50s, we were not allowed to play jazz at all in the school. And and uh, one day I met Max, and Max was furious. I said, Max, why are you so mad? He said, you know, they just my professor told me that I didn't know how to play the drums. He, I mean, he said, I, he said, I'm playing every night down with Charlie Parker, down at Birdland, and he's saying that I don't know how to hold the sticks. So uh, he was very, very angry at that. I remember that very much so. Max played timpani in the orchestra because, as I said, there was no jazz allowed, and there were great jazz musicians in the schools, Joe Wilder, Donald Byrd, uh, Julius Watkins, John Lewis of the Modern Jazz Quartet, I mean, uh, Eddie Burt. I mean, there were so many great musicians there, and we're not allowed to play jazz. So we were all studying classical music. And um, Max, Max was, uh, of course, a very good student, and we became friends uh, back in those days, in, in the 50s, at, at the school. That's how I first met him. I transferred to the Vienna Academy of Music, Vienna, Austria, and when I got back in, to America in 1958, uh, it, was very difficult, it was very difficult to find a position. I was blessed in a way, in that uh, my teacher, Gunther Schuller, who taught me at Manhattan Music, was the first hornist at the, at, the, at the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra. And through his recommendation, I was able to get into that orchestra on the stage, with stage band, with George Schulte was the conductor, uh, playing French horn and Wagner Tubin on the stage. When that tenure came to an end, uh, and I tried to find a job, uh, you know, I, it was impossible not only to find a job, to find the auditions. We didn't even know as black musicians in New York, we didn't even know 
where the auditions were being held. They were not posted at the union, so we couldn't see. So the Urban League contacted us. We had a meeting with um, several musicians who were able to play jazz and classical music. You know, Harry Smiles, Howard Jones, Selwood Clark. These are names I don't know whether you know. This is, these are the names of great musicians back in the day. Kermit Moore, uh, you know, uh, Richard Davis. All of us were in a meeting with the Urban League, and they said, listen, you, you guys just stay in shape, stay ready, because when we call, we're going to find out where the audition is going to be held, and you might not have time to do anything but grab your instrument, jump in a cab, and get down there. And that's what happened with me. Uh, Evan Lake, Doug Pugh was his name, gave me a, a, a call and said there are auditions being held at Radio City Music Hall, which I had no idea about the auditions. And he said, get down there as fast as you can. And I grabbed my horn, got in the cab, and got down to the... To the um, music hall, and there was a line of maybe 10 horn plays auditioning. And uh, when I walked in, everybody was amazed and amused. <laughs> Some of the guys were laughing. To hear with this one black musician amongst these about 10 white hornists, I was at the end of the line, and uh, they didn't know that I was coming, of course. I just showed up. So uh, they were auditioning, you know, they were auditioning all the, the young players, and when they finally got to be my turn, and they kept them all, maybe five, ten minutes, uh, I played uh, I played solo for them, that's part of the Mozart Horn Concerto, and uh, they said, oh, great, now let's, let's see about your sight reading. Little did they know, you know, that I was, uh, I, I had just come back from Vienna. I was studying in Vienna with the, uh, Professor Gotti von Freiburg, who was a solo hornist with the Vienna Philharmonic, he was also the solo hornist with the uh, Vienna, uh, Vienna Opera State Opera Company. They had no idea that I knew the repertoire, and I had I had spent for years tenure with the Metropolitan Opera myself. So they were going into their library and pulling on all this difficult music, which I knew. Kaliland, Tulinspiegel, you know, uh, Heldenleben, uh, there was a Cavalier. They were pulling out all of the difficult horn parts, and I played them all flawlessly because I knew them. So and so they had to give me the job. So uh, I, I stayed uh, three and a half years at Radio City Music Hall, and at those years, there were no blacks in the musical at all. I'm talking about no ticket takers, no ushers, no black ushers, no black stagehands, and no blacks in the droquettes, no blacks in the... In the, in the uh, ballet, no blacks in the orchestra, of course, uh, no blacks in the chorus. I was the only black in the, in the whole building except uh, the, the couple of black people who were working in the cafeteria. So it was quite a challenge to be able to come to work every evening and be a token, and I was merely a token uh, at that time. And it was a challenge to be able to maintain um, my, 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 you know, my posture and to play as well as I can, and my stomach was nuts every night because I knew I wasn't welcomed. It came to 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 a head after I'd been there three and a half years. I was it was announced to the orchestra that we're going to record, record and tape. Actually, tape the Christmas show. They were going to tape the Christmas show, and uh, they were going to record the music first before they actually did the filming. And there was a recording sound studio above. Uh, the musical, I, could, I think it was called Fine Arts. I, I can't remember the name of that studio, but I think it was called Fine Arts Studio. Anyway, they gave us the month that they were going to do the recording, but they didn't give us the date or the week or the date. So we're in the month, and I'm still waiting to know about when, 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 when are we going to do it. So finally, I went to the contractor, and I said, well, listen, I don't want to be late for this session. When is the session? What time? He told me, you're not going to play. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be in this recording set. I said, "What do you mean?" He says, "Well, they hired a white player to come and take my chair." I said, "What?" Yeah, and one of the the white players that they hired, I know him very well. You know, we had been playing freelancing together outside the musical, and he came in and uh, they told me that uh, I didn't come back until after the recording session. It literally made me sick. Literally, maybe I went home with a high temperature. I guess my blood pressure went up, and I and I just stayed in bed. And finally, they called me and they said, "Bob, back then it was Bob, Bob, but we're finished recording session. Now we're gonna we're gonna start uh, filming it, and we want to start with a close up of you to t to show that uh, that we are integrated." 
And, of course, I got out of bed, went down and resigned. From that environment, what then cemented your relationship with Max? Well, Max was always in the forefront of the struggle for our people during those days, the late and the late fifties and the sixties. Um, Max was one who inspired a lot of us to start thinking uh, about about the political uh, venues. We didn't we didn't uh, uh, you know know a lot about it. At least I didn't. And Max was always being able to teach us what we should know about the struggle. I mean, he was always a, about that struggle. When we were at Manhattan School of Music together, and there was, it was impossible to play jazz, then jazz was not, jazz was not uh, allowed in the school. He only had to play European classical music. And when, Charlie, and when uh, Max Roach was told by his professor that he didn't know how to play because he didn't know how to hold the sticks, uh, he saw that as a remark that was, uh, you know, of a racist, racist institution. And he alerted us all to that. What is this all about? So he and Donald Byrd and a lot of other musicians were all coming together to kind of think about how we're going to combat uh, racism. Max's Tears for Johannesburg from the Freedom Now Suite, sung by Abby Lincoln. This was in the early 60s. I know I was um, performing on, in Carnegie Hall with the Gillevins Orchestra, and we were, we were performing uh, along with the Miles Davis and John Coltrane, the, the ensemble that was quite well known back then. And uh, at, in, at intermission, I, we all went, you know, backstage to rest and Max walked in uh, and he came directly to me and said he wanted me to enter the stage room with the big signs that he had and which was going to be uh, stop the whole show because the sponsors of that particular concert were contributors to uh, apartheid in South Africa. So I said, well, Max, you know, I'm in New York, I, I really got to play. I mean, I'm hired to play. So he said, that's okay. So he walked out. When we started back our performance, uh, in the middle of the first song after intermission, Max walked out with the signs by himself, sat cross-legged in front of the stage, and stopped the whole show. And, uh, and I mean, one by one, Miles stopped playing, and Train stopped playing, and the whole orchestra stopped, and we all looked, looked at Max. And uh, until the stagehands came in and literally picked Max up, literally, from the sitting position and put him out on on 57th Street. So uh, after that, I got with Max again. He started to enlighten me about the difficulties, about, you know, and apartheid. And he was really enlightening me. So we became close, built around, uh, you know, uh, South Africa. Max Roach was such a, a, a fervent believer in justice and peace. And he's taught me some. I mean, he was he was my mentor. You know, he's taught me a lot about life in general, uh, particularly about going on the road and so forth. But he's really the one that began to raise our consciousness about the struggle in, in South Africa. Ah! Ah! 
That was Max's triptych from the Freedom Now Suite, sung by Abby Lincoln. From the life that the two of you were living, from the times in which you lived, what did that teach you about your music and about your musicianship? Well, you know, he he really taught us, not say us because he didn't only teach me, I mean, everybody around Max, he was everybody's teacher, everybody's friend, uh, you know, that there was more to being a professional musician than just being a good player. You know, you know, you know we all... That we all worked very hard to master our horns, but he talked about life and the things that are associated uh, with music, and and he he taught us taught us the standard of being a professional person, not only a professional musician but a professional person, which was about uh, you know being uh, on time, you know, to be all be always able to to converse about the music, to be, you know, he was very, very eloquent with his speaking about the music, and he taught us all how to do that. Cannonball, too, was very well versed in that way. Cannonball Adderley? Yeah, Cannonball Adderley, you know, he was also very, very, very versed in that way. And Max sort of exemplified professionalism. He looked professional, he acted professional, he was able to, to sustain the harshness of civilization back then in the 50s. You know, he was able to teach us how to handle such situations. And he was even my mentor about going on the road. Because I asked, I said, Max, you know, how, how do I behave on the road? How, do, how should I work on the road? And he sat me down one day, you know, and said, listen, when you go on the road, Bob, he called me Bob back, that was Bob. He says, I want you to listen to me carefully now. So I'm listening to Max. He said, from number one, when you're on the road and you have a night off, don't stay in the hotel. He says, when you go on the road, always have a research project. Always have a research project. When you have a day off, go to the library, work on a research project. If you have an evening off, go to the theater. Do not stay in the hotel room and waste your time sleeping and just, you know, hanging out. So he really taught me a lot. He taught me about, you know, he and uh, uh, Charlie Rouse really too, taught me about diet on the road. You know, back in the day, the road trips were on buses. You know, I used to go on the Newport Jazz Festival tours. Like, you know, we all, we all were on buses back then. And we had to live in a way that was unhealthy. In other words, we ate mostly sandwiches, white bread sandwiches on the road, constantly eating these terrible sandwiches. And, you know, back in the day, we're doing one-nighters. You didn't have a chance to even get your your clothes washed. You got, you got a day off. You had to do that. But Max was always teaching me, and I guess others, about uh, how to work on the road. He said, when you get your paycheck, go directly to the post office and mail that money back home. One of the practical things I remember in that vein was that um, Max, indeed, when when we first started going out on the road together, um, we would always go to the museums on the day off. That's what that's what we did. We we went to museums. We went to cultural places um, on on days off when they weren't performing, but. Um, I, you made me smile with some of the practical things that you were saying because he was one of those people who didn't believe in sleeping late. And his phrase was, you go, you always have to be awake when the banks are open. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's Max. That's Max. That's, that's Max. Max. I'm looking at his picture right now. I think I have a photo gallery in my studio and the the pictures that I have right in the, the first line of the picture, there's Max. You know, like he has, he has, he stays. Well, you know, I believe in ancestors. I believe in the, in, in the ancestors uh, do return. I believe that we are our return ancestors. And uh, Max is going. Max, is, he's he's coming back. Max will come back, and and my vigilant nature is to watch for Max's return. And as these young teenage drummers, Max will be back. 
and uh, and I just want people to say if you believe in in in, in the access to world, when you have to pull libations, pull libations, speak Max Roach's name, keep Max alive, and by, by speaking his name for libation. And I tell all the audience right now, please listen to me. Max was a powerful, powerful figure, powerful man and a powerful drummer, and I can remember standing next to him on a bandstand, just inches from him, watching him, the intensity, and watching the, the ancestors and the spirit move through him. I'm right next to him, and, and you know, watching Max play, and uh, it's just a wonderful experience. So just as I said, Paul Libation, when you Paul Libation, call out Max Roach's name. That was Brother R, longtime friend of Max Roach. On the Janice Adams Show today, a birthday tribute to Max and his masterwork, We Insist, The Freedom Now Suite. More after the break. Sound supporter donations are our favorite kind of gift because they're convenient both for you and Radio Catskill. Automatic, affordable monthly gifts from a credit or debit card. Sound supporters give us a dependable base of support for the programs you count on. It's safe and secure. Just go to wjffradio.org and click the donate button. Support Radio Catskill. Become a sound supporter now. Be a sound supporter or be a supporter in any way. Call 845-482-4141 or go online, wjffradio.org. I'm Tim Bruno, and I'm here in the studio with Jason Dole. Good morning, Jason. Good Thank you once afternoon. again for telling me where I am because yes. I wouldn't know otherwise. 845-482-4141. I do know that, that we need to hear from you still. Uh, people have been contributing online. People have been calling in. We need you to join them in one location or the other with your donation. 845-482-4141. We're here in the building on a Saturday, ready to answer the phones, doing again, ready to uh, uh, end this thing. And that's why we're here. We want to end it. Today's the last day, so we need to hear from you. We need to make $5,000 for the day. We have thirty nine fifty to go. Mm. That's it. And then we're done for the day and done, 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 done. So call 845-482-4141 or go online to wjffradio.org and help us get there. Make a donation of any amount. We're interrupting Janice Adams' show to let you know, well, one, the reason we're playing this particular episode is because... Well, because this is this is the, the big special on Freedom, Freedom Now, We Insist, the landmark uh, Max Roach album, and Max Roach in, and Abby Lincoln both are in the performing live in the film Summer of Soul. And we've got uh, a tie-in with that movie being at the Calicoon Theater uh, where we can give you a thank you gift uh, if you sign up to be a sound supporter or increase your sound supportership. We'll be giving you those details in a moment. Uh, and then on top of all that, our own Janice Adams will be at the matinee showing of the film tomorrow to talk to the audience afterwards, and, and our own Jason Dole will be there to ask the questions. So <laughs> at Summer of Soul is what I'm saying, the matinee yes. showing at the Calicoon Theater. So we so, par partnered with our friends at the Calicoon Theater to bring you uh, this special offer for new sound supporters, uh, or if you're a current sound supporter. So here's the deal. If you're a new right. sound supporter, sign up for $15 a month or more on your credit, debit, or bank account. That comes off very easily. And uh, you know that you're supporting without having to think about it. We'll give you a free ticket and free popcorn to the showing of Summer of Soul at the Calicoon Theater this weekend. There's a matinee today. There's a showing tonight at 7.30. As Jason mentioned, the special matinee tomorrow at 2 with Janice and Jason speaking afterward about it, all of it. Yeah. And uh, then there's a 7.30 uh, tomorrow night and 7.30 on Monday. Anyway, you can get your name on the list. Go to any one of those. I would say go to that Janice Adams Jason Dole one, though. Because <laughs> that's the... That's the, the 
headliner well, right there. And, and, you know, and, and the, I'll, I'll let you know this. And that's also, by the way, that so again, this is why Janice picked out the episode yes. of the Janice Adams show that we are listening to right, right now. And um, listeners of this program really stepped up the last couple of weeks. We, we, we uh, got some significant calls the last two weeks during this program. Uh, if you weren't one of those listeners that called in the last couple of weeks during the Janice Adams show and you appreciate the Janice Adams show, uh, you could really show it by signing up to be a sound supporter for $15 a month uh, or uh, increasing your sound supportership by $10 a month or making a one-time contribution of any amount right now. Give now at 845-482-4141. But yes, Janice said, this. let's play this show yeah. on Saturday ahead of the talk on Sunday. And neither she nor I have seen the movie yet. Like we've, we've oh. So we know all about it. You know, I mean, we've seen the trailers and stuff. And know, know, we know the deal with the movie, but we haven't actually watched it. So this will be a fresh reaction. This will be great. And yeah. you know, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, this is the great time to see it in the theater at the Calicoon Theater. You know, the New York Times said it's a, the, a, a music festival that stuns. The Guardian gave it five stars. It's an amazing uh, documentary of this music festival in Harlem in 1969. The footage remained hidden in a basement for 50 years, which is just unbelievable. But, um, you know, great reviews and a great show. And, you know, it would be great to talk to uh, Janice and to Jason tomorrow uh, after the screening of the matinee at 2. So sign up as a new sound supporter at $15 a month or more. We'll give you that free ticket and that free popcorn. And uh, if you're a current sound supporter, you can uh, up that by $10 a month, and you'll get the same thing. So tomorrow right. uh, at 2. Uh, otherwise, otherwise uh, you can give just any amount. Yeah, <laughs> because we've got a goal. We're ending the fun drive this evening, and we need to raise $5,000 this day. Yesterday, we needed to raise 4000 and, and we raised uh, at least 4500 was the last I knew about. Yeah. So that was fantastic. But now... Uh, today we need to uh, raise five thousand. Tim, I'm just walking in uh, yep. fresh here. What, where are we? Well, what? We only have thirty nine fifty to go. So oh, I see. we've That's... raised some this morning. A couple of anonymous contributions. We heard from Maureen in Damascus in honor of Donna Fellenberg and her birthday, mm-hmm. and also in honor of farm, farm and country. She mentioned you as well. Okay. Uh, and well thank you. <laughs> yes, she enjoys the programming. She said she loves the programming. And then we also heard from the other anonymous in Pennsylvania. Uh, said she loves the programming as well, and also mentioned loves the report and loves the fact that we're keeping her connected in the upper Delaware Valley and makes life go that much smoother, she said, actually. So we appreciate all those comments. We appreciate all that support. We still need to hear from you. Uh, Call us 845-482-4141 or donate at wjffradio.org and we'll get to that goal and that drive. The drive is ending today, so let's do it. Yeah, now I'm looking at the paper. It's $3,900 that we've got left to raise and um, we've got like about, what, seven hours left to do it. So A little over 500 an hour. Yeah, that's it. 845-482-4141. It looks looks like more than I thought it was. It looks, even though that looks like a big number, it's not as bad as when I had the page upside down. (laughs) So now, you know, now at least the numbers are moving in the right direction. 845-482-4141. We're counting down what we need to raise. We're in the midst of the Janice Adams show. We want to get back to this program, but we need the phone to ring. We need to hear your support. 845-482-4141. Back to the uh, Freedom Now, we insist, uh, Janice Adams show special uh, with special guest Brother Ah. Phenomenal conversations here. They say it began with a chant and a hum and a black hand laid on a native drum. Bantu. Bantu. 
Support comes from the Homestead School, Montessori Education, preschool through early college with campuses in Glens Bay and Hurleyville, building the intelligence, creativity, connection, and skills for an ecological future since 1978. Homesteadschool.com. From the River Reporter newspaper in Narrowsburg, New York. Riverreporter.com. And from listener donations at WJFFRadio.org. There is still time to give during Radio Catskill Summer of Love Fund Drive. People are telling us how much they love Radio Catskill DJ shows and local talk programs. They show their love by making a donation. But we still haven't heard from you. Support the radio station you love. Donate now at WJFFRadio.org. And we're looking for you to show your love here at Radio Catskill during our summer fun drive, 845-482-4141. Call now, give that support, or go online to do it, or you can put it in the mail, but um, we're trying to wrap this up by tonight, so the mail might not be moving that quickly. 845-482-4141. Well, that's the number we need you to call. I'm just getting in here, but Tim Bruno's been here for a while today making great radio on a Saturday morning. Like he always does, along with you know, Donna Fallenberg and Rosie Starr. And so big thanks to all our volunteers, everybody making it happen here. And thanks to you listening. Um, we can't do what we do here without you being there and listening. Uh, and we also can't do what we do here without listeners like you then deciding to give. And that's yes. what we're asking for now. We need your support. Um, 